Hello and welcome to the King of Many Minds. Um, this is optional backstory as to how we got here, which you may or may not find interesting. If you want to skip ahead to chapter one, please do so now. If you want to stick around and learn a bit more about how this story came to be, then please put your feet up, pour yourself a lovely drink, and prepare to shake your head at my younger self. So, once upon a time, there was a little kid called Rowan Debuse. He was a pesky thing who from an early age loved books. He loved bedtime stories, or morning stories, or lunchtime stories. And by the time he was four, even though he could not properly write yet, little Rowan was scribbling out sequels to C.S. Lewis's The Chronicles of Narnia, while concerned kindergarten teachers talked to his mother about he was not playing in the sandpit enough, and sp instead he was spending too much time reading the Biff and Chip Learn to Read books. Now, like many millennial kids, Rowan loved the Harry Potter series, which his older brother Max would often read to him in their shared bedroom. The two brothers were indeed overjoyed when they got to see an advanced screening of the Philosopher's Stone in 2001. However, it would be December 2002 that would change everything. That winter, older brother Max went and saw in cinemas Peter Jackson's adaptation of The Two Towers. Max exploded into the bedroom that evening, a whirlwind of flailing arms, his mouth a chattering sandbox, emitting sounds of clashes of steel and screams of dying orcs. Now just turned eight, Rowan was enraptured. By this point, his parents had already read The Hobbit to him. And while he enjoyed it, there was just a certain lack of scale and epicness for his tastes. Though when Max came in that day, all abuzz with energy and stories of Ents, Nazgul and the Battle of Helm's Deep, Rowan knew he had to have a slice of this. The family got the extended edition of The Fellowship of the Ring for Christmas on VHS, and Rowan determinedly tucked in to read all three volumes of Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings. For the next few years, Rowan was consumed by all things Middle-earth, ploughing through Fellowship, Two Towers and Return of the King, watching all the bonuses and making of features on the extended edition DVDs before then jumping into the Silmarillion, the Unfinished Tales, the Peoples of Middle-earth, the Songs of Tom Bombadil, and even Leaf by Niggle. His mind was so thoroughly rooted in Middle-earth that if Max asked Rowan to go grab him a pair of cookies from the cookie jar and, then there, and there were none left, Rowan would sadly lament, Alas, there are no more cookies with every bit of seriousness an eight- or nine-year-old could possess. It was around this time that Rowan's first dreams of his own story started to coalesce. Wondering why swords were called swords, and who knew how to shape a sword to be the shape it was, Rowan set out to provide answers. Of course, there was once an island called Sword, and wouldn't you know it, the island was kind of shaped how a modern sword would look. This seemed totally logical to young Rowan, who then proceeded to populate a world he called Eremar with other interestingly shaped islands. There would be Imorn, the eternal nemesis of sword, shaped like a skull. The elven kingdoms, shaped like a bow. And a crescent moon-shaped island called Belaras, full of Rohirrim-like horsemen. And so he put pen to paper and started to write about a young would-be king called Alexander, who was the rightful heir to the throne of sword, but was languishing in exile due to the machinations of his evil younger brother, Alexandeb. Yep, Alexandeb, as opposed to Alexander. The B on the end stood for black to denote evil. Alexander, with his elven psychic Stephen, who totally was not Legolas, 
built an alliance of islands together to take back sword from the evil Alexandeb and his immoral allies. Thus was born the fight for sword. Ten years later, while procrastinating during undergraduate exams, University Rowan began to mess around and experiment in his head. Could he make something a bit less derivative and a bit more sophisticated out of this kernel of an idea? An extremely detailed plot outline was drawn up, maps sketched out, flag designs doodled, and one or two chapters loosely drafted. However, the exam period of that particular term ended, and so too ended Old Rowan's need to procrastinate. The resulting mass of papers saw that Sword still existed, but had morphed into an Italian-like peninsula rather than a sword-shaped island. The main character remained a prince of sword who had been robbed of his rightful throne by evil, scheming, immoral bastards. But this prince was now called Cassian. And also, there were some mistaken identity elements in there. You know, Prince and the Pauper vibes. Now, Alexander still existed, but was now actually the son of a bad guy. And I also came up with the idea of Ekphrasis, a city kind of like an iceberg, where there was a glamorous pointy bit visible on the surface, but a much larger, more sinister space underneath, out of sight. There would be a female protagonist called Lucia, who I would figure into things somehow, I wasn't quite sure, as she was also wronged by the evil king of Imorn. And there was also this idea of there being a kind of magical mind-control spirit thing, but, you know, university row and lost momentum when he couldn't decide how to bring all these new ideas together into one cohesive story. And also, the exam period ended, and so the motivation to procrastinate just faded away. And so we arrive in 2021, and the first real stab at bringing Fight for Sword, a fantastical dream of a wee eight-year-old boy, to life. This recording and subsequent ones are, of course, dedicated to Jacob Blackwell, for all the coffees and brunches and late-night chats, bouncing fancy ideas of different magic systems off of each other. Happy birthday, Jacob, and I hope you get a kick out of this. My name is Rowan Debuse Stafford, and this is the King of Many Minds.